Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Y'all can sit down. We're, we're going to get down into this word. I'm excited. We're starting a brand new series today simply titled Hope. That's it. Hope. That's what we're titling it today. And we're going to get into it because you want to know why? I believe that this world, more than anything else, we don't need just Christmas, even though I'm excited about Christmas. Who's excited about Christmas this morning? Right? I'm excited about Christmas. I'm excited. We just celebrated my wife's birthday. But what this world needs is hope. We all need hope. And what I want to do this morning, and, and today, if you need a title for all you type A people that, that need to have a title on your notes, I simply titled it Hope Defined. Because we need to define what hope is in order for us to really understand it and have it and live on it. And more than anything, spread some hope because this world needs hope. The problem is, folks, that we're stuck with just wishing. There's a difference between wishing and hoping. A comedian uh, back in the 90s had this little bit where he talked about, well, there's a difference between some people and other people. And he says, some people, they hope. Like they, when they go to the theater or they go to the concert, they say, oh, I hope no one's in my seat. But people from the hood go, I wish somebody would be sitting in my seat. Right? There's a difference between a wish and a hope. For me personally, I wish for a lot of things. Okay? I, I wish, I, I, I want you to just pray for your pastor right now. I wish that my Jets weren't 0 and 10. It happens. 0 and 10, that is pathetic. 0 and 10, I wish, and some of you might now, any Eagles fans right now, you wish you weren't in the NFC East right now, right? It's depressing being in the NFC East. The, I believe the first place team is a football team that doesn't even have a name. The Washington football team, what the heck? right? We're all stuck in wish in a hopeless world, right? Some of us, I wish, come on, I wish I was a little bit taller. Come on, I wish I was a baller. I have a girl who looked good and I called her. Yeah, but, but I, wish, I wish I was a little bit taller. Y'all remember when rap was good? Y'all remember that? When rap was good? Now they got that whiny rap on the radio. Come on. That whiny rap, my son's in the front row. He knows what I'm talking about, that whiny rap. Easier said than done. I thought you were the one listening to my heart instead of my head. Stop whining, you're a rapper. I guess wishing that you were taller is kind of whining too, though, right? That's pretty hypocritical, but <laughs> I'm hurting the next generation's feelings here. But we're stuck in wish. And, you know, maybe, maybe today, you know, more seriously, you're talking about, man, I wish we were out of this whole pandemic. Some of you are saying, man, I wish, I wish finances were better. I wish my relationship was better. I wish my kids, some of you parents are watching today, like I wish my kids weren't acting a fool. We're, we're stuck in wishing. And, and wishing is not the same thing as hoping. They're completely different. They're completely different. Psalm 23, most of you are familiar with it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. I like the message version. The message version says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. I don't need a thing. Here's what I know. When we wish, our wish is based off of lack. Our wish is based off of lack. When the Bible says that I shall not be in want, another way to say it is that I shall not be in lack. And so some of us, as we, if we stay just in wish mode, we wish for things that are outside of our reach. Can you write that down? We wish for things that are outside of our reach, and we get stuck in the wishing well, 
right? And we go deeper and deeper. I know that when I'm losing, man, like, I, I just need a win, God. God, can I get a break? God, can you throw me a bone? Is anybody out there? Can you throw me some emojis in the chat? Anybody in the room? Are you ever, have you ever been there? Be like, God, can I get a break? Can I get a parking spot? Can I bypass this traffic? Right? God, just, just give me something. We're stuck in wish mode, and we go deeper and deeper into the wishing well, not knowing that we have something better, and it's called hope. You could clap. On stage, you could clap, too. It's something called hope. But again, we got to understand as believers, we got to understand what is hope? What is hope? I'm glad you asked. Hebrews 11.1 1 says it this way. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. It's the assurance of things hoped for. It's the convictions of things unseen. There's a difference, folks, between wishing and hoping. And in fact, Write this down, that hope, hope is an ingredient of faith. Hope is an ingredient of faith. Why is that important? Because in a hopeless world, if we're going to stand here today and say that we're faith-filled people, you can't be faith-filled and hopeless. Come on, we can't. Why? Because hope is an ingredient of faith, okay? So you can't be faith-filled and be hopeless. We have to understand what is this thing called hope because it's attached to our faith because faith is, is the assurance, it's the confidence, it's the conviction of things unseen. I love what my man Ephraim said during worship. He said, we're confident that he could turn this grave to a garden. It's this confidence, it's this Holy Spirit swag that when things are turning into crap, we know that everything's going to be all right. It's an assurance. It's a confidence. And that's what this world needs more than anything else. Can I get a big amen in the chat? And can I get a big amen in the room? I miss this. I miss it. I miss it. I'm sweating up here with this schwacket. <laughs> what is it called? Schwacket? There's no W? I'm going to add a W because I'm Mike Rosado. The schwacket. It's, I added a W because I'm sweating in the schwacket. <laughs> But we got to understand, what is hope? All right, for those of you taking notes, ready? We're going to understand. We're going we're gonna to create a difference between what hope isn't and what hope is. Number one, hope, hope isn't found in our lack, but in our trust. Hope isn't found in our lack, but in our trust. It's in, remember I said that wish is, is, is when you're wishing, wishing is something out of your reach, right? You, you wish, things are out of your reach, right? So, so my Jets, playoffs are out of our reach. Can we safely say that? It's out of our reach. That's why it's a wish. We wish for things that are out of our reach. And so, so when it's out of our reach, just know this. It's impossible for us to be excited about things that are outside of our reach. Right? It's impossible for, things to be, for us to be excited about things out of I'll never be excited about my Jets. I'll never be excited about growing hair. It's outside of my reach. And so many of us were walking around depressed, anxious, worried because we're wishing too much. We're wishing that I could get that promotion. You're wishing that I could get by. You're wishing that things were a little better than they were before, right? You're wishing that. But let's get rid of wishing because wishing is based on our lack. We need to go back to trusting in God. And it's our trust in God that's important. Here's why. Because when you wish, we wish for something. 
But when you hope, your hope is in someone. Hello? Right? You're wishing for that bonus check, right? But you're trusting in someone. The Bible says it this way. Uh, it, it, in Psalms 20, it says this, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. See, some of us, let me ask you this question. Where are you exercising your trust? Oh my gosh, folks, this is really important. Where are you exercising your trust? Because some of us, myself, I'm exercising my trust in that paycheck more than I'm exercising my trust in my God. Right? I'm, I'm exercising my trust in the government. Most of us were stressed out about politics and everything like that. That's because we're exercising our trust there and not exercising our trust in God. Come on. That's what we have to do. So there's a difference. So we got to understand that hope, hope isn't founded in our lack. Hope is founded in our trust, not in something, but someone. And what we need to do is we need to exercise our trust, not in things, but in God. But in God. And how do you do that, Pastor Mike? How do you exercise your trust in God? For us to honestly start being on the watch for what God is doing, even in the worst situations. Some of us, we need to develop our eyes to start seeing God even in the middle of bad situations. We see it all the time through Scripture. If you could learn, if you could learn to see God in the storm, you will develop your trust in him. And once you develop your trust in him, then you have this hope anchored deep into your soul that it doesn't matter about the some things. Your hope is in someone. Can I get a big amen in the room? Can I get a big amen in the chat? And so and it's hard to trust. Raise your hand in the chat or in this room if you're, you would consider yourself an anxious person. Even semi-anxious, right? Here's what I know. I'm married to an anxious person. I could blow up her spot. She loves me, right? I am. I'm married to an anxious person. And this is her favorite, her favorite phrase is, what if? Anxious people love getting on that what if train. Choo-choo, chicka-chicka-chicka-chicka. They love getting on the what if train. Well, what if? Well, what if? You know, she'll, she'll say crazy things like, well, what if? What if we leave our boys home alone and, and, and what if, like, the, the, they, they start cooking something and, and the whole house catches on fire? What if? And she always thinks she's worst case scenario is what if. And the problem with what if, folks, is that what we're doing is we're training our trust. We're training our imagination to always study the worst rather than studying trust. Rather than studying trust. And it's hard to trust God if you're staying on that what if train. I've, I've used this verse in the last series on negativity, and I want to read it from the King James Version. Uh-oh, we're getting holy this morning. King James Version. You want to know why? Because I love what the King James Version says. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Listen to what it says. It says, casting down imaginations. I love that. Casting down imaginations. You could throw that up on the screen for me. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God imaginations, imaginations. Some of us, we train our imagination to always process the worst. What if we kind of went back to our faith, went back to our hope, and just start imagining? Yo, what if God could move and grow the intimacy of his church because of an, a pandemic? Not, not be, not, it's not hindered because of the pandemic, but in the pandemic, he could actually increase our intimacy, increase our community, use our imagination to give God pleasure rather than feed our anxiety. Come on. 
Rather than feeling, why? Because that's what the Bible tells us to do, to cast down imaginations. Many of us, we're paralyzed with the what-ifs in our lives. We're paralyzed with the what-ifs, or even worse, with the maybes, right? It's the what-ifs or the maybes. This won't be up on the screen, but, man, one of my favorite uh, stories is this man named Jonathan in 1 Samuel 14. And it's just him and his armor bearer, and he's about to go up against, against the enemy. And I love what he says. He looked at his armor bearer, and he goes, let's go. Let's do this. Perhaps God will move on our behalf. That's gangster. He wasn't even 100% sure of it. I love his imagination. He goes, maybe, maybe God's going to move on our behalf. I like those maybes. Not the negative maybes, but the God-shaped maybes. Maybe God's going to grow his church despite anything that's in our way. Maybe 2020 was really, really meant to teach us some lessons so that we could kick butt in 2021. Because that's how my God does. Because that's how my God does. So we got to understand that hope isn't based on our lack. It's actually based more on our trust. Number two, hope, oh, this is a good one. Hope isn't wanting what we don't have, but possessing what we, what's already been given. Hope isn't wanting what we don't have, but possessing what has already been given. For the last three years, folks, I have, um, I have this stocking. Anybody hang up stockings for Christmas? I have stockings. And, um, and it, when, you're, when you're a parent, you don't wake up on Christmas morning to open up your gifts. Maybe if you're gift, my love language isn't gifts. So, so I wake up so I could watch the boys open up the gifts. So I could watch my wife open up the gifts. So, so I'm just sitting back and just enjoying the fruits of my labor. You understand what I'm saying? And so I don't open up my gifts first, and so, and especially the gifts in my stockings. And I'm not lying to you. This is a true story. My wife can testify to this, that in my stocking for the last three years, there has been a bag of coal. Not because I've been a naughty boy, but Santa gave me a bag of coal. And the cool part about this bag of coal is that it's not really coal. It's actually wrapped in, in a wrapper that makes it look like coal, but it's actually dark chocolate. Come on. And, and where are my dark chocolate people at? I'm a dark chocolate person. Yeah? Dark chocolate. Come on, that's sexy right there, right? Dark chocolate. But, but I forget that it's in there, so I'm not lying. Every year when I look in my stockings, it's the coal. It's the ch- dark chocolate that's been there. And no, folks, I have not eaten it. All right? I'm not, I'm not that person that eats three-year-old chocolate. But it's been there for the last three years. Why am I saying this example? Because the Lord spoke to me about it just the other day, and he says, man, I, you've been given that, but you haven't possessed it. You, this gift has been given to you, but you have not possessed it. Let me talk to you about something because wishing wants something that's outside of your reach. Hope, hope isn't wanting what you don't have. Actually, hope is possessing what's already been given. Some of y'all need to get this today because this is very, very important. That, that this is what the Bible says in 2 Peter 1.3. It says this, that his divine power. Watch this. His divine power has given us everything. Everybody say everything. Everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. God has given you everything you need. Everything you need for a godly life. Do you struggle in believing that? Y'all holier than I am because sometimes I do. I struggle in believing that, but I got to believe in his word I got to believe in his word. And he's given us everything that we need for a godly life. Everything we need. This is why this is important. Because some of us, we've been praying for something for a really long time. And it's hard for us to be joyful about answered prayer. 
when we don't realize that we already have it. It's hard for us to be joyful about answered prayer when we realize, we don't realize that we already have it. What am I talking about? Some of y'all are praying for peace. You already have it. It's already been given to you. You just need to possess it. Come on. Some of you have joy already. You might not be happy, but you do have joy. It's been given to you. Why do I know this? Nehemiah 8.10 says this, the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you have Jesus, then you have joy. It's already been given to you. You just need to possess it. You need to dig deep into the stockings, pull it out, and eat that three-year-old hot, dark chocolate. That sounds disgusting. But you need to possess it. Listen, if you've given your life to Jesus, you automatically have the Holy Spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit is in the scripture? The Holy Spirit is our comforter. If you've been praying for comfort, you already have it. You just need to possess it. You already have it. If there was a bigger audience, they'd be going nuts. You already have it. So if, let's stop wishing. Let's start hoping. And let's start studying. What do I have? And it's not about asking God for it. It's actually to start possessing it. A different word I would say is start activating what you have. Activate your peace. Activate it. And listen to me, folks. Can we as believers in this room stop with the nonsense? There's a phrase out there that hope for the best and expect the worst. Have you heard this? Hope for the best and expect the worst. Not only is that a hypocritical, a hypocritical phase, phrase, it goes against scripture. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. We don't hope for the best and expect the worst. If you're a believer, revoke the license for you to ever say that. We don't hope for the best and expect the worst. Hope is expecting. Hope is having confidence in it. Hope is believing beyond the unseen. That's what hope is. Come on. And so we possess it. And so we have to possess what's been given to us. And there's a difference, folks. And so to, in order to possess what's been given to us, we got to shorten up the gap between, write this down, what we feel and what we know. Right? we got to shorten the gap up between what we feel and what we know. Let me give you an example. Again, I'm just talking about my life. Sometimes I feel like I'm not winning. Sometimes I feel like I'm, uh, I'm not getting ahead. Sometimes I feel like I'm barely swimming. I'm barely on the surface. That's my feelings. But here's what I know. What I know is that I am Jesus's. And what I know that on the cross he said it is finished. And what I know that he has the keys to the kingdom. What I know he says that it is finished and he's given me victory. And at the end of the day, we have victory. We have victory now and we will have victory at the end of this lifetime. All right? I have victory. So I might feel like I'm losing but my knowledge tells me that I'm winning, right? I need to shorten up the gap between what I know and what I feel. Y'all getting this today, right? Some of you, you don't feel like you're valuable, but you know that Jesus died on the cross for you. That price tag, your price tag says Jesus on it. You might not feel like you have worth. You might not feel like you're good enough. You might not feel like you're making it, but go back to what you know. You know that Jesus died for you. He died for you, Rob, come on. He died for you, Liz. You, Barry, you, Chase. He died for you. That's what you know. So even in the days when you don't feel valuable, go back to what, what you know and then shorten up that gap. That's how you possess it. Y'all getting this? That's how you possess it and close that gap. Number three and last one. Hope is not denying what's in front of you, but believing in what you cannot see. 
when uh, I first gave my life to the Lord, I, uh, wifey, close your ears. I dated this. Uh, she doesn't like me talking about ex-girlfriends. Anybody else like that? But uh, preach. I dated this Pentecostal girl, and uh, her dad was a minister. And, and um, one day, I didn't know how Pentecostals flew, you know, you know, did their lives. And, and I said, oh, man, I'm, I'm starting to feel sick. And he jumped on me. Don't, don't you, no cussing. Don't curse yourself. Don't say you're sick. Don't say you're sick. Come on, believe in faith. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he was preaching on James chapter 5. You know what James chapter 5 says? If any one of you is sick, bring him to the elders. So I'm scratching my head. Back then I had hair. And I said, wait a minute. So how can the elders pray for me if I can't tell them that I'm sick? Right? I can't tell them that I'm sick. So how, how, how's this going to happen? And so they built this sense in, in, in my belief system, uh, system for a really long time that you can't say anything, anything that's true if it's, if it's, it's going to lean you to the negative. And so I was like, I can't say I'm sick. I can't say I have a sore throat. I can't say anything. I can't confess my struggles. And, and, it, and it just continued on. It was a domino effect. It was like, I got to always fake it. I got to always fake it. And because that's the real Christian life. No, no, the real Christian life, again, going back to our hope, hope isn't denying what's in front of you. It's not denying what's in front of you. It's actually believing in the things you cannot see. We, I'm not asking you to deny that there's a pandemic. I'm not asking you to deny that you're unemployed. I'm not asking you to deny that there's some things going on all over our country and this world. I'm not asking you to deny that because to deny that would be foolish. What I am asking you to do is, is to believe in something that you cannot see yet. That is hope. It's the, it's the, it's the conviction of things unseen, that I'm convinced, I'm convinced that despite all this, despite all this, God is up to some good. God is up to some good. And I'm going to hold on to that and believe in that. And again, going back to that closing gap, a famous worship uh, leader said it this way, his presence, God's presence is not a feeling, it's reality. It's not a feeling, it's reality. To start training ourselves, like, I know I can't see it, but it's still my reality, because that's what real hope is. And I don't have to deny reality to speak confidently about what God is doing. Can I say that again? I don't have to deny reality to speak confidently to what God is doing. That, my friend, is hope. That is the hope that you need. That is the hope that this world needs. That is the hope that, that allows us to see beyond the moment and believe that God, that all good things come from the Father. All good things come from the Father. So if he is still God, and if he's still Father God, and if you are his children, our trust, we need to have this confidence, this conviction to believe that he's going to bless us somehow, even when the circumstances don't look like it. That's what hope is. That's what hope is. And I'm praying that as we go through this series together, we're going to learn it, we're going to embrace it, and we're going to live it out. And more importantly, we're going to multiply it because this world needs hope.